Should um, we start it off with a little? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do it. A little crack here. Cracking. We're pretty in sync there. That was pretty good. Cheers. Cheers, my friend, to the bev. You know, I have to say, it's not uh -huh. everybody that knows that green is the best flavor. It is the best flavor, it though. It is. A lot had, of people, Have you been drinking them? Oh, I've Long been time? on. Long mm time? -hmm. Okay, good. But it's my special treat. It's not like a daily routine. Mm. Like, you have, like, the routine. I'll, I'm coffee for that. Okay. Maybe you have both. I, I don't, don't do coffee. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm. This is my coffee. This is better. It's a better caffeine. Yes. I used to save it for um, for like road trips and all that because I could drive okay. for like 12 hours on one of those. Yeah. Like I'm in. But a lot of people think blue and red are it and it's not. But Green. sparkling gold is a second best. Have you ever had the little sparkling gold? Can? I like the um, cram pomegranate mm -hmm, one mm -hmm. whatever whichever one that one is i yep. like that one a lot yeah yeah, yeah. and the grapefruit ginger mm -hmm. but the sparkling ones that's another treat that's like a whole different yeah. like when you're <laughs> used feeling to, real special when i used to drink them with my friends we would do like we would call these were like the breakfast bevs and then <laughs> <laughs> the the small ones the sparkling ones were lunch bevs <laughs> They were like the afternoon <laughs> yeah, snack. Yeah. So this was like to get to the, the day going. It was like the mighty one. Yeah. And then that one was the little treat I midday. Had, oh my God. I had a like super degenerate friend that like just would like, like always something like always caffeine, whatever. Uh -huh. But he would joke that if he, if he smoked a joint, had an Adderall and had a Yerb. He called it the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I was like, you are a degenerate. That is degenerate. You need to chill. <laughs> For sure. But I always think about that. Like, I can't imagine. Like, that's too much. Yeah, that's you'd be, too much I'd stimulant. I'd be wired. Yeah, that's, I don't know what that is, but it's not what I want. No. But anyway, I, I respect the Bev. So yeah. as soon as I saw that about you, I was like, he knows. He oh, knows. yeah. I know. Um. So anyway, uh, Jack Cook, welcome to Where Are All My Friends. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited, dude. Yeah, uh, I am too. I suppose first we should shout out uh, Tony Cowan Brown for the intro. We should. I really respect uh, a connector of good people. She's absolutely that. Yeah. Yep. Outside of that, though, I know a little bit about you. We met at Race Service briefly. You yes. came to a Rise and Shine. Yes, last month. Yep. And uh, you just had like really good energy. I was like, I like this guy. And cool. Tony kind of told me a little bit about you. And then uh, I saw... I was telling you right before we started recording, I kind of love episodes where I haven't met anybody because I get to learn this story in person and yeah. it's like so exciting and fresh and there's no preconceived anything. All I saw that stood out to me like, whoa, was the daily vlog. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really respect anyone that can stay to consistency like that. Yes. I think there's probably a lot more that goes behind that and that set you up to that point. For sure. But even just watching the evolution from one to now, I think around the 40s, you started narrating it. Yeah. Like, it's fucking great. And Have you seen the early ones? Oh, I did my homework. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I feel like I don't even remember what the early ones look like. It's similar. Like, it feels like you and it feels like your life, but you focused a lot on food. Like, it was okay. just like you'd show like a meal or something uh -huh. like that. Like, it felt like... um early vlogger that had an aesthetic but was still finding confidence to find their shots and their style mm, so okay. you were doing the shots that like you knew would work yeah so, like food and travel moments 
but you hadn't done like the creative, like it didn't feel like, it felt like it could have been anyone. Yeah. And then like, as you got to like 20, 30, I was like, all right, all right. And then like forties, you start narrating and now yeah. you're just a fucking beast. Now it's a television <laughs> show. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. I think the, the early ones were very just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And so I think there's been a, a big evolution arc, like zero to 100. I think every single one looks a lot different. Mm, mm. Yeah. But now they've started to get a little more uh, consistent in like the way that I do certain things. Yes. Yeah. So I've found what I like and what works within the format. Yes. And I think that consistency is appreciated for a viewer as well. Like sure. you'll typically like go to bed the same way. And yeah. like there's a couple like reoccurring things. For sure. Which I love. Yeah. Like it's so great. But I think uh, from being a creator of a podcast, but also from being behind the scenes and helping with productions and helping a lot of artists with different making different things, digital yeah. media, the amount of work that goes into anything mm -hmm. behind the scenes is so much more than you think. So then to take that work and do it consistently so much while doing other work. Yes is something that I respect and admire on a level beyond almost anything else. Oh, thank you. Because it's the easiest thing to talk about it and it's the hardest thing to be about it and to do it. Yeah, it is hard to do. Yeah. But I've definitely, when I started it, was committed to never wanting to fall off and yeah. being consistent with it because yeah. I knew if I ever started to become inconsistent, it would just spiral. Right. So I've been very consistent with it, luckily. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel, I feel this way with the podcast and I don't know, but it's, it's like almost now a superstition. I am so afraid to jinx the consistency where like I worry that there is an algorithm or a something where there's like a timer of like, you will be penalized if you don't hit it now. I've I never confirmed that. I think there definitely is. Mm. When I first started posting on TikTok, I had a video go viral. Like my second one. Wow. Hit like four and a half million views. Oh fuck. Like actual Yeah, viral, yeah. In yeah. like a like a week and a half or something. Wow. And then it got reposted a couple of places and it went viral there too. So it was like a proper viral video. And I went yeah. from twelve followers to like forty nine thousand. Wow, that's like the dream. In like a week. Fucking A. And then like the least smart thing you could do, I followed up that video with probably 10 more videos and then didn't post for like a year. No shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Because the video that went viral was, uh, it was basically a compilation of my favorite clips that I took at Auburn when I was filming there, which okay. we can get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, um, it's very unrepeatable. I can't make that video every day. Because that's a compilation of so much life. Yes. Yeah. It was three years of footage yeah. compiled into 15 seconds. Insane. And so I was trying to make things that were kind of like that. Right. And I was doing them every day or every other day until yeah. I got to 10. And I was like, I'm just out. I have nothing. Whoa. And so I was like, you know, this was great, but I, I don't know what to do with it other than you know, I'm about to move to LA and things are going to be different. So I just stopped posting. Wow, that's really interesting because uh, I had a guest on who's a country music artist, Chris Rudiger, and he talks about the moment where he went viral on TikTok for the first time. And it was a very different thing where I was curious what your answer was going to be of like what happened next. Because for him, I think it was the way he explained it. Uh, he would like drink like a like take a shot or like it was like a solo cup. Okay. And everything he would drink was like a style or a song of an artist. So like, I don't know country too well, but it would be like Toby Keith and he would drink and then he would sing like Toby Keith. 
and then uh, okay. do another and then you'd sing like the next artist. Gotcha. So my question, my next question to him was like, well, damn, you went by, what did you do next? And he said, I did more of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I saw that that worked and I kept doing it. Yep. So that's very interesting because you were aware of that, but yes. you were like, well, fuck, I can't. I it literally impossible to Whoa. do that. So it's just, I ran out and I stopped posting for about a year. And then back to your original point, when I started the vlog again, that was when I was consistently posting again for the first time. And those videos got maybe... 80 likes oh fuck. and like 500 200 to 500 views wow so, so it was like any... restarting from zero basically wow because anything that i posted around that time when that video went viral got at least like 50k views yeah which is pretty solid very and then once i started doing the vlogs it was like back at nothing holy shit yeah so was that like i mean i you know better than i do but i could imagine how much work it is to actually put that together I mean, what, uh, 50 vlogs in mm-hmm. two months, I don't know, 62 months in mm-hmm. without seeing something that you've already experienced. Was there a moment where you're like, maybe this isn't the wave? Like, was there a number where you were like, push through, have blind faith, or maybe I try a different idea? I think very early on, I realized that I actually just liked making them. Uh, and there was uh, actually a time period when I had to take like a two or three day break. Yeah. Uh, early on in the vlogs. Uh-huh. And when I took that break and then came back to it, I was like, wow, I really missed this just after a couple of days of not doing it. Yeah. And so even if there wasn't a lot of growth from zero to 100, yeah. even when it was like 150, it yeah. was still like, I really like doing this and I'm having fun doing it. Yeah. And I had, you know, people that were watching them saying that they enjoyed watching them. Yeah, yeah. So even if it wasn't like an aggregate of all of TikTok telling me that the videos were great, yeah. the couple of people that were watching them were supportive of it and I enjoyed doing it. So there was never a like, mm, this isn't really working. Maybe I need to pivot. Yeah, that's cool. That's a lesson that um, I've, I've continued to reaffirm is like do the thing you love. Yeah. Because if you're just going off of like praise of others or external signs of success, you'll get burnt. For sure. But if you find that thing where you're just in that pocket and you're like, I don't really care, it's fun. Yeah. Like that's I absolutely. Mean, well, I mean, it says it, right? It's fun. Just For sure. It, just do it. Another yeah. thing that I think is really important is once you go viral for something, that's mm. all anybody wants to see from you. Whoa, fuck. And so if, if you're making something that you're, only making because you think it's going to go viral. And then that's the only thing people want to see from you. Eventually you could get burned out of it if you don't actually love whatever that is. Right. Or like if you, you catch the cute cat video or whatever and you're like, yeah, cool. I have a cat. I love my cat. But like you become like cute fat cat video guy. Yep. Then like, you're like, no, like I'm actually like a filmmaker and there's more to it. And shut up, make more cat videos. Exactly. Yeah. So even if vlog one through 300 necessarily don't go viral, if 301 goes viral, then all of a sudden everyone wants the vlogs. Well, I've been liking doing them for 300 days, so now yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Huge. Yeah. yeah, that's a really cool outlook to have. And that kind of leads to maybe us getting properly into your backstory. But having that mentality and understanding that and that wisdom I can't help but feel like there's a lot of a backstory before the day one of that. I think that sure. there's a lot more to you than like the day you decided vlog number one. So <laughs> yeah. maybe take me back to like 
your early days, maybe where you grew up or like you found your thing, like where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, like I want to, I want to create like whatever that looks like, whatever, yeah. whatever part in your life where it, it really started to click for you. Yeah, I really, I liked making videos at a pretty young age. Yeah. It was like maybe 10 or 12 when oh, I yeah, first, so that is young. yeah, I got it like a camera and I got a slow motion camera at some point that could shoot like 400 frames per second at like terrible quality oh wow but 400 frames like that's like proper slow motion yeah like really slow motion cameras but i would like bring it to middle school and film like my friends at recess Uh doing stuff and we would just like watch it back in slow-mo and (laughs) be like oh this is cool we haven't seen ourselves do things in in slow motion like popping a water balloon or like the most basic stuff but you're probably like sick yeah 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 Yeah. stuff like that so i always kind of had like making videos as a hobby even when i was young and i like illegally downloaded adobe after effects back in the day to like try and figure out how to do stuff on there with like a gopro etc etc if you didn't illegally download (laughs) some kind of professional program as a teenager i don't know i don't know what you're doing like that's like that's like the first part of it yeah is like downloading the photoshop rip or downloading like for some musicians you know like fruity loops or like whatever those things were that's so funny because it used to be like a one-time fee yeah it was like 1200 bucks yeah and when you're 11 years old you're like you can't do that. There's like not enough money in the world no, to buy that. It's literally impossible. And then you had uh torrenting, which was so much more available. Yeah. Where it was like it was that's the only way you could do it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing that when I was pretty young. And then it was a hobby at that point. I didn't realize that it was something that I loved. And then when I was 18, my dad actually decided that he wanted to buy a drone. Oh wow. Uh, because he wanted me to film the boat when they were fishing. <laughs> he thought it would be fun. Yeah. Uh, so we got the drone. I figured out how to fly it. And then when I was flying it, I realized that the footage actually looked really cool. Mm. And I knew had had I knew how to make videos at that point. Yep. So I decided to just take a bunch of footage on the drone of my hometown, Savannah, Georgia. That's where I'm where oh, I grew no up. Way. Yeah, that's where I grew oh, up. I love Savannah. Yeah. Cool. What a crazy place to grow up. Yeah, it was fun. Damn. So I filmed a bunch in Savannah with the drone and then put it all together in like a two minute YouTube video and I posted it. And I think because Savannah's a slightly smaller town and I don't think a lot of people had seen drone footage of Savannah. Yeah. Yeah. And like seeing the water and like the sunsets and everything it was all in there. And so it kind of got passed around Savannah because people were seeing like, you know, people who are 40 years old who maybe lived there. Yeah. I was seeing Savannah for the first time for like drone footage. Yeah. There's like that, uh, that weird golf course race course thing yes. that got closed yes. and like the river. And there is some very interesting visual thing. I, for sure. I get it. I feel yeah. it. Yeah. So I made that video and during the process of actually making the video, I was like working on it so much and I kept wanting to work more like we were spending entire days on it and I was spending like nights editing it. And at some point during the process, I remember I had like a moment where I was sitting on my dock after I'd been filming something and I sort of realized I was like, I like this more than I've ever liked anything ever. What a fucking moment of realization in my life. Yeah. And so I just decided at that point, I was like, I want to make movies more than i want to do anything else i've never liked anything like i liked doing this crazy and then we posted the video and it did pretty well and people liked it and i was like great i want to do this yeah yeah and that was right before i went to uh it was right before my senior year of high school okay went through my senior year of high school and sort of found the world of youtube sick 
kind of like the Casey Neistat 2015 era. Oh, I didn't so know like when vlogging was yeah. like really prime. like prime yes. and people were getting really creative and yep. DSLRs were like accessible and beautiful. Yep. Ooh. So yes. it was like right at that time and I found it and I was like, wow, I didn't know YouTube was a thing. I didn't know like social media was like a career. Yeah. I didn't know any of it. So I dug deep really into it that year. And was like, I really want to do this. I started making videos on my YouTube channel yeah. back in like 2015. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Auburn uh-huh. for college. My sophomore year, I started shooting sports there. So okay. I was shooting all the football games, basketball games. Yep. So you weren't a SCAD kid. You didn't go to... No. Okay. I went to Auburn. Okay. Um, and in the summers, I would go home and make YouTube videos with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then I would go back to school, film sports go back home, film YouTube videos. Crazy. So I was doing that back and forth for three years. Camera in hand a lot of your life. All the time, everywhere I went. Yeah. And then graduated uh, 2020 of May during like the pandemic. My last semester of college was when the (laughs) pandemic started. Fuck. So I, I knew at that point I wanted to move to LA to pursue filmmaking as a career. Yeah. And in June of 2020, it was like, I just got to make the jump. And I did it. And I came here and didn't have a job or anything, but just kind of started to try and figure it out. That's really interesting because June 2020 in LA was still pretty uncertain and weird as far as like what LA felt like. And like certain people are like, LA was completely closed and nothing happened. Like it wasn't quite like that, but it was quiet. And a lot of people had left and there was a lot of uncertainty. Like it was not figured out yet. So that's a really interesting time to be here. My most vivid memory of that time was my mom came to move me into my apartment when I first moved here. And we went on La Brea Uh to like a couple of the furniture shops on that road. Yeah to get some stuff for my apartment Yeah. earlier that day. Then that night I went and dropped her off at her hotel, was driving back to my apartment and driving up that street. And it was when all the protests were happening. Oh, the riot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the stores that we had been in earlier that day were getting looted. Oh, Like I was watching people God. pull stuff out of the stores yes. that we had just been in earlier that day thinking yes. about buying. So it was definitely a weird time so to you move. Furnished your apartment for free. <laughs> yeah, I stopped in. Yeah. I was like, I liked that. So piece. I ended up getting everything I needed at <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. Oh my god. But definitely a weird time to move. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. But I actually think that that probably gives you this edge up because if you came to LA in the weirdest, most uncertain time, mm-hmm. it's only up from there. For sure. So if you figured it out then, like it's own every day is getting better and better and back yeah. to probably the magic of LA. Yeah. yeah. I also figured because everything had so much uncertainty that when it shifted back into, okay, we're going to kind of try and be normal again. Yeah. There would probably be gaps that I could fit into. Oh. That if, if the system was just running and it was a well-oiled machine when I got here, it may be hard to convince people that i fit in somewhere oh wow but when everything was like chaos you could kind of go hey i'm here and i can be available for anything yep you can maybe find your way into something and how did that work well it did end up working out i don't have proof that it wouldn't have if it wasn't <laughs> I guess that's true yeah but uh it took me about three months of nothing happening and mm-hmm. sending emails every day to no people shit. and then finally i got a response and met up with the guy who owned a production company and I started working with him. 
oh, cool. after like three months. And so that was kind of like my intro to the uh, working world out here. Yeah. Around the same time, I started to actually meet people as well in LA. So kind of like the social life and work life both started. It took about three months to get to the point where it felt like it was kind of normal, kind yeah. of a normal life. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, it's kind of been rolling since then. I mean, that's pretty good. Like three months in the scope yeah. of it. Like I think... Certain people will be like, it takes a year to really yeah, kind of find your ground. For so, sure. Especially in such a weird time, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. And then for you, like, I, I sense some amount of like being humble and being willing to kind of just get your foot in the door and get started. When you came out here, like, obviously you had been filming and making videos and really like learning who you were as a filmmaker for some amount of time before mm-hmm. getting here. Did you have like a path or an ideal? Like, I want to work for a production company. I I want to start here. I ultimately want to do this. Or was it as long as you're in entertainment and as long as you're around it, you're good and the universe will work itself out? I kind of figured that even if I tried to make a plan, it was going to change at some point. Yeah. So I was pretty open to whatever. Yeah. When I first moved here, I was kind of like, I'll take anything. Yeah. And I would love to get my feet into a couple of different places and see what I really like. I was privy to the world of like high production. Yeah. Um, I was just in sports, which is very different. Yeah. And YouTube, very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of took like a year to sort of get into a whole bunch of different areas to then decide yeah. what I really enjoyed the most. Interesting. And what has that been so far? Honestly, doing the social media stuff and doing like v- very scaled back productions. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of like large scale productions. Yeah. Maybe if I got to the point where I was like a director on a large scale production would be different or something. But for the moment right now, I really enjoy the social media stuff and the one man band type of like shoots where I'm just kind of doing the whole thing. I have my creative freedom. Yeah. I just seem to enjoy the process from A to Z more, even if it's a quote unquote less cool project Mm -hmm. the big projects when it's a 25 person crew and a big client or whatever it is i don't find that i enjoy the process of it from a to z because you're kind of left out of a lot of it yes i might just be there for one certain position yeah and that's it i don't get to be a part of the edit or i don't get to be a part of the pre-production and i kind of like being in on the whole thing i think that your mindset and the type of creator you are is going is the future of media Mm. because i think that like I heard this somewhere and I'm like, yeah, I believe it. Like there's going to be a generation of kids that are incredible filmmakers that literally have only ever shot on an iPhone and only ever do shoot on an iPhone. Yeah. I think that's sick. I think like entertainment and storytelling, that's the thing that you need to have the magic of. For sure. And the camera, the vessel, the production, like that's, that's the afterthought. And people hide behind that. Yeah. People hide behind a big production, a fancy camera, this and that. So if you have the skill and the excitement to tell a story or to take something on with whatever limited gear and just make it work start to finish, that's, that's it, dude. That's, like, yeah. that's the magic. And I think there's a big shift in what people are wanting to watch You're and right. consume yeah. T- today. Like, You're right. You're totally there's right. There's a big change between, you know, the early 2000s and sort of like the cream of the crop was like a Michael Jordan Nike commercial, like mm. him dunking the basketball and like being the hero. Yeah. Now people would rather see 
Michael Jordan behind the scenes shot on an iPhone doing something very natural and human. Yeah, like going you to know get what I mean? like a drink or like something like yeah, that. Yeah, or, or just like, like, just like lacing up his shoes and yeah. saying something. Or like LeBron hanging out with his kids or like yeah. being with his family at home. Like things like that are a lot more what the new generation likes. Yeah. Um, and so being able to speak to that I think is also important. Yeah, and I think it's like a, a point of authenticity too of like you've been in it long enough. Like you mm-hmm. grew up on YouTube watching the vlogs. Yeah. So you can almost kind of just pick, well, what do I like? And make yeah. that. And there's probably a chance that a lot of other people will like it too. For sure, for sure. Which I think also, I was going to say old heads. It's not old heads, but it's just <laughs> like there are generations and there's people that don't understand that. If you don't have to overcomplicate it like that crazy. Like no. it's just like, what do I think is cool? Like, yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of young people, I wish would take that and and empower themselves more. It's just like if you like it and you are of a certain age and your friends like it, other people will like that. And companies are probably trying to sell to the youth. So what you have is valuable. Yeah. So just make the shit you like. That's all you have to do. And you can do it with your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's never existed before. Yeah. So we're very lucky to live in a time period when you can you can have that effect on millions of people yeah. with your phone. It's so crazy. Yeah. And it's I think it's threatening to certain people that uh, used to need to have this crazy amount of gear and all that to, you know, that was their entryway in. Yeah. Now anyone can. It's, Anybody if it's can. good and if it stands out, that's yep. what it is. It's cool. Yeah, if the story's good, then it works. Right, right. So I also, I believe you edit some podcasts as I do. well. I do. I'm like I just like I want to know about you. I'm so interested in all of this. So <laughs> yeah. it seems like you've really made a career out of just media and anything around filming and editing and anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is that something that like your is that a vertical in your career and in your life that you think you'll continue on and like make things out of? Or is it something that you're just naturally good at where you're like, well, why not? With podcasts specifically? I guess just editing. Um I think it depends. I don't know. I th- I think I I have a tendency to like editing in certain arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and with podcasts, when I started editing podcasts, it was more like this can be a consistent work. I think in the future, I'll actually probably scale back a little bit on what I want to edit and be more selective. Yeah. But for the moment right now, it's just I have to I have to be there doing a lot of editing. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of what I'm doing now is editing, but I think in the future it will be less. I'm always curious of that and I like to ask these questions because I think a huge purpose of mine in doing this podcast is to like empower that next generation or any creator um whether they're uncertain if it's possible or if you're just kind of trying to find your thing or showcasing different careers. Yeah. Because there's so many things you can do to be successful in this alternative career culture. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing stories of like, how do you string it together? Oh, that's interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool. You do this, this, and this, and then that kind of feeds into it. It was very much just kind of what naturally happened. And I was in a position where I had to say yes, basically. First moving here and getting the work that I was getting, it was just like anything was good. Yeah. Anything that I could get my hands on was good. So I had an opportunity at one point to edit a podcast Mm -hmm. and that turned in very quickly into me editing four podcasts Wow! at one time, which was way too much. I don't recommend it. Dude. At all. Because I was thinking about that and I'm like, I, I mean, massive shout out to Deanna. She edits this show and now I'm like, Hey, Deanna. (laughs) Um, but like I edited it for a hundred episodes. Okay. 
And it was so much time. Yeah, it's tedious. Because it's an hour long piece of content. Mm -hmm. Like that's so much. YouTube videos are 10 minutes. You know, like that's so much time. That's such long exports. That's such big files. Yeah. So the fact that you do more than one, all that, like, good God. Is it the early days of the vlog, like around the zero to 50 ish mark? It was like four a week. Like, an ungodly amount of ripping podcasts. Dude. Yeah, I've, I've scaled it back since then, but at one point it was a lot. I'm curious of this because this is something that I don't know and my perspective is going to be skewed. I don't really view myself as a filmmaker or an editor. I had never opened an audio recording program until the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I had to learn this off of necessity because I, I wanted to podcast. Yeah. How does it compare to other editing and all that? Like- is it harder? Is it like, like what is it? Different? It's just, yeah, very different. It's, okay. a, it's just more tedious mm. because it's everything is there and you're just the, the decisions that you're making are more like robotic than they are creative. I see. With podcasts. I see. Because the story's there and the story's in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like cutting short form or something. But when you're actually just cutting the long form, yeah. like you're just going through it and doing the same thing for hours on end. Yeah. You're cutting the bits that you know don't add to the story yeah. or you're and cutting you're the And you're switching the angles. The, yeah. Yeah. I see. So it's more, uh, it's not documentary. It's, it's more just like a repeatable task than it is a creative decision or piece of work. Versus like a YouTube video, you start with a blank canvas and a bunch of footage and you may have four different cameras and you can pick music, which Mm. is different each time. You can decide this clip is going to go at the opening. This clip's going to go at the end. I'm going to put this at this specific spot and kind of build out this story here. I'm going to make this part really long, this part really short. So it becomes a lot more of a creative process when you're doing like the start to finish of I'm just giving the example of a YouTube video yeah. versus a podcast is sort of like, here it is, cut yeah. through it, yeah, and then that's it. Interesting. Diana. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry because I feel like you're so much <laughs> more creative than that. I think as you're explaining that to me, I'm like, I think the only thing I could edit is a podcast. I think I learned that out of necessity, but like, yeah. that's good for me. Like, right. It's very just like black and white, take this out. And if you were to task me with more of the vlog style stuff, uh-huh. I'd be like, uh, what do we do? I don't know. <laughs> Y'all do it. It's that's hard. Funny. Much respect to anyone who edits podcasts. I've done a lot of them and I know it's it's tough. But I wonder, like, it's funny. Like, I think it's actually maybe harder for a creative to do that. Like, for me, that was like, that's probably the only editing that I really could do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Whereas for someone like yourself or Diana, like, it's one of those things where it's almost more of like a chore where it's like, all right, I'll let me get through it. Whereas mm-hmm. like you're capable of so much more. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sometimes it is fun because I'm never there when the podcasts are recorded. So a little bit, I am getting to listen to the stories of the people. So sure. if the podcast itself is entertaining, yeah, it does make it better. Luckily, the podcasts that I edit are entertaining. So yeah. it does make it better. But still, it is is a very like robotic process. Yeah. Yeah. Can do you, can you share which ones they are? Or we can cut it. Yeah. I currently, know. it's uh, Hoot and a Half uh-huh. with Matt King and Mike Sheffer. Okay. And then it is uh, Lightweights with uh, Ilya and Joe. Okay. Those are the two that what, I, uh, I'm doing now. I don't know them off name, but are they what genre of podcast would you? Um, comedy. Nice. Uh, Hoot and a Half is like they do interviews with internet personalities, and Lightweights is just Ilya and Joe, and they're just kind of like funny dudes. So, and all yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I, I really like outside of the you know filming and doing this podcast. 
I find myself gravitating towards either comedy podcasts mm-hmm. or like the similar to this, like entrepreneurial, like how I built this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love like a good comedy podcast. I feel like that is a medium that translates so well in podcasts. For sure. Makes road so trips good. go by so quick. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like at least that's fun to edit. Like yeah. at least if they're like on some tear or something like that. Like, oh, that's yeah, I'm laughing while I'm editing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This is something I probably should have done more homework. I did a lot of homework on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you have a vlog on YouTube or anything like that? Or do you pretty much stay just on TikTok? I uh, used to. I was doing vlogs back in the 2016 days with my friends. That was mm-hmm. kind of the style of videos I was making. Yeah. They weren't like, typical vlogs i guess or they are they're they're youtube videos they're youtube vlogs i was also doing vlogs when i first moved to la i found that it was very difficult to keep up with making a youtube video and doing client work at the same time Hmm. so eventually i had to scale back to the point where i was like i can't make youtube videos because it wouldn't be quality it wouldn't be quality and i also a lot of what i like to make which you can see in the vlog itself is the behind the scenes and sort of like the lifestyle creator style of content mm-hmm. and i was not able to really share any of the work that i was doing on my youtube page and so that really deterred me from making the videos because i had to like separate the two mm-hmm. which i didn't really love to do yeah then eventually i found the tiktok vlog i could actually it was manageable to do both at the same time. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. that, that was the reason I asked that was I think you are such a great storyteller. And I'm curious, like, I think you're very qualified to speak to this. Um, if there is a right and a wrong practice, like to strategically just kill it on one platform or to kind of have to have multiple and try to repurpose stuff and all that. What do you think of that in this day and age? Like, Will there ever be a vlog or is it on str- YouTube for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or is it strategic? Like where you're like, I, I want to kill it in one platform right now. I do think uh, in the long run, I would like to get back to YouTube. Yeah. I think right now it would, it would sort of be a waste of energy for me Yeah, because I would be spending so much time on the videos for not really like a big return. Yeah. Specifically also the type of content that I would like to make. I'm not sure what is like getting promoted on YouTube right now. There's kind of a formula to what you can do on YouTube to like go viral and like get a following off YouTube. And I don't know that it's the videos that I really like to make. I feel that with the podcast. Yeah. It's like I'll upload the podcast to YouTube just Mm. for the sake of having video. Yeah. But like you can really feel that YouTube isn't necessarily trying to push and grow hour long podcasts. For sure. There's very few that really crush. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you're starting out, you have to find whatever your platform is and crush it on there. And then as you grow and expand, you can move to other platforms. You once you grow, you also get the free time and like the resources to bring in other people to help you do that as well. That's true. But at the beginning right now, it's like the most that I can do really is doing the TikTok vlog every day. Yeah. Um, and that's about all I can manage just as me. You yeah, know? I really like that. And I thank you for sharing that answer because I think that's maybe somewhere where people get jammed up now where mm-hmm. they're inspired to be a creator or to make. Yeah. But it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many platforms. I think of content creation as like a like a monster that is always hungry and you're like running from it and you like throw it food and it stops for a second and then you have to keep like you know it's like it never ends when yeah. you start it just never ends it's so, a good analogy yeah, right like yeah. it's it's so it can be very daunting to be like damn am i really going to start running like is it mm-hmm. really going to happen 
And that gets more daunting when you're like, all right, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, yeah. I don't know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Like, yeah. there's a lot where you can spread yourself thin. 100%. So I actually really like your perspective and what you shared there because I like that of just like, yeah, like this is the thing that I can do mm. well. This is where I think it's strong and where I can do it right. So yeah. I'm just going to do that. If you're starting out right now, I would say that TikTok is the one place that you have to be. And then if you can be in other places as well and it doesn't take away from that, then I would suggest doing that. But TikTok is the place where everything is really happening right now. It's the place where you can get the most organic growth. It finds your niche for you. It finds your audience for you. Like The algorithm is working with you if you're making good content. Wow. So as long as you're making good content, it will work out and it will find its place. So right, that used to be YouTube in like 20... 12 to 20 like 17 18 yeah now it's not really the case anymore yeah that's a good way unless you're it. a very specific type of creator mm-hmm. and if you are that creator then i would suggest youtube but i think it's few and far between and most people would wrap i would suggest be on tiktok i also think short form content will probably be here to stay for a while so figuring out how to make that content is important too oh wow like mm-hmm. even if the if the platform tiktok isn't it yeah the skill of being able to tell a story and to film something and, and do that in short form content will be a skill that you should have. Yes. Wow. I do think that TikTok opened up the like uh, the idea that short form content is something that people want to consume. Yeah. It used to be pictures on Instagram and now people would rather see videos on TikTok. Uh, and so I think just the idea of short form video content, people like to consume in general. So it may not be TikTok in five years. It may be a different app, but yeah. whatever the new app is, or if it goes over to Instagram reels one day, it will be short form video Dude, specifically. You just said that better than uh, any way I've, I haven't, it hasn't clicked to me that hard than mm-hmm. you just saying that of yeah. like. Maybe it's not TikTok, maybe it's Reels, whatever, short form content. Like mm-hmm. that is here to stay. Right yeah. now, that is entertainment that people pay attention to. That is the type of content that people want to consume. Yep. So if you want to get your message across, if you want to grow as a person, a creator, mm-hmm. that's probably how you should learn how to tell your stories and how to how yeah. to master that skill. And you can tell because think about what platform is influencing the most what you talk about with your friends and your behavior and purchase decisions. Mostly TikTok. Yeah. If there's something that I bought because of an internet, anything, it's because of a TikTok. I mean, if there's a new restaurant that I've wanted to go try, it's because I saw it in a TikTok. (sighs) Yeah. If there's something funny that I saw and I'm talking about it with my friends, it's probably coming from TikTok. So the whatever's dictating people's consumer behavior and like what the culture is will be here to stay yeah Mm -hmm. wow that's like a really good way to zoom out and look at like why it will be here to stay yeah yeah and that's really interesting a picture on instagram right now won't influence you to make a purchase decision yeah or if it will it's like it's got to be really good and well-timed and like stand out like something that we haven't seen it's like we're so numb to it now Mm -hmm. It's few and far between. Yeah, that's so interesting. I really like the way you say that. Mm-hmm. You've like you've got me like really thinking with that too. <laughs> and I think that's like such great advice to anybody that wants to start to to start creating is just like learn how to tell a story in short form content. Mm-hmm. 
and every like you can have your own style in that yeah. show. Yeah. But that that's really And it's the authenticity of the short form video that I think is what makes people get influenced to make consumer decisions because when somebody makes a restaurant re- review mm-hmm. on YouTube or sorry, on TikTok right yeah. now. Yeah. It feels like my friend made a really well-crafted video for me to talk about the restaurant that they went to. You know what I mean? Uh Like, it feels like a friend's talking to me when I'm watching the video. Yeah. And I get to see it visually, and it's there. So it's more impactful than if the friend posted something on Instagram about it. Yes. Because there's a a little bit of distance with like a picture and just a caption. And like, now you have voiceover and you have all these things that sort of like bring the viewer in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about like chasing trends on TikTok? That's something that like I've struggled with. Like I don't really, Mm. I don't, I'm not on it enough to see a trend and then to like have my take on it. Like, do you think that that's a part of success on it? Like, that's not necessarily the same as telling a short story. Right. I think that it's, it is important to understand why trends do well and what things on TikTok do well and why Mm -hmm. so that you can take whatever whatever your it whatever your 60 second story is and optimize it for the platform Mm. because there are certain things that work on tiktok specifically that you can do to your video to sort of like push it more out to people Mm. i think the best way for me to describe it in my content is the vlog contents for a very warm audience Mm. i'm when i'm making the vlog i'm assuming that you watched the one previous i see and kind of the week before even. there's some amount of goodwill or or brand recognition jack recognition yeah if you're gonna if you're if you're in on the vlog. if you're watching the vlog yeah. but sometimes i make videos that aren't the vlog that i do sort of cater to a cold audience and i do things that i know will work well on tiktok hmm. what would um, an example be like any of the videos that I make that like have text on the screen at the very beginning and I'm kind of like trying to hook you in with like my first line. Got it. Just a very simple thing to do on TikTok. I wouldn't really do that in the vlog for like a cold audience. So I think I think you just kind of have to pick and choose different Mm. things. But when it comes to like trends specifically, I do think it's good to be able to do both. But you shouldn't just rely on only the trends to uh, build like a an actual audience. You've you've really brilliantly used you found momentum and then you've used that to continue momentum and to open up new doors and opportunities. And that's not luck. Tony was telling me a story of how you sent like an absurd amount of emails <laughs> to go cover some F1 stuff. Yes. I love that. I, I love the idea that it's like, okay, cool. You're aware of like the amount of an audience that you've grown. Mm-hmm. What do you like doing? And then hitting up brands and taking like being the one that reaches out to be like, yo, I love this. I could cover it. Like, mm-hmm. how have you viewed that? Because I think uh, I really like that. I like seeing people do that. Yeah. I actually, when I started the vlogs, thought that they would be very separate. Mm. I thought that the vlog was something that I would just have to build over a very long time. And then once I got to a certain point, then, you know, I could take the opportunities from that audience and that growth and then build it into kind of my career. But I would always have to do freelance videography stuff like very separately. Yes. Like the work that I was doing in LA. Yeah. yeah. Very quickly, I realized that there was a big overlap Mm. and that me posting the vlog every day could actually influence me getting an opportunity to 
go do something in Miami for F1. Or like the best example I can give is I got hired to go to Stagecoach mm-hmm. for the music festival. Yeah. Um, I was there to make reels for Instagram and um, Meta. Sick. Um, they The videos I was making look nothing like my vlogs or anything but the reason i was hired is because the person that hired me liked the vlogs you know what i mean i thought they would be very separate yes but the person saw the vlogs liked them then saw that i did other work outside of that yeah realized that i would be a good fit for this job and actually reached out to me to do it wow so you know something to that exact point tony was just on the podcast I'm sure your episodes will come out very close timing. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me she had a really good resume. I think she said CV. Or when people say CV. Okay. But uh, I've never she, heard that before. Yeah. On my CV. <laughs> um, something Europe. I don't know if it's UK or just Europe. But um, she was like, I, you know, super qualified. You know, all the things, all the skills, all that stuff. She's like, every job I got was not because of the CV. It was because of my extracurricular activity. It was because she wrote a blog back in the day. It's because she Mm. did a thing. Mm. Now, you know, her TikTok, things like that. She's like, I get hired from because people see my passion projects. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody can say that they're proficient in Premiere and Photoshop and can edit. What makes you different? And it's your passion projects. It's your things that you're doing on the nights and the weekends that people are noticing. Right. And that, it, it was reaffirming to hear that Mm -hmm. because for all of us that do more than just our job and have that blind faith that it's going to work yeah when you see it work and when you see moments like that where brands are like yo we love that thing you love doing yeah my fucking god it was it's a really beautiful feeling yeah 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 it was it's very uh very nice Yeah. yeah it's something i wanted for a really long time and i think i finally found a good formula to iterate on and actually be able to build into that yeah Mm -hmm. dude that's that's really cool and again i love that we're talking about that on the podcast because i always want this to be something to encourage and empower people and i like love that lesson of like a real firsthand be like dude i went to fucking miami for everyone Uh like this and you stagecoach like you have had real cool opportunities right because you made public and kept with the thing you just loved doing yeah and people noticed that like I would love to encourage more people to like do that thing mm-hmm. and ex- and like not expect anything of it, but be open to the fact that by just doing the thing you love, crazy things can happen. Absolutely. I, I would never think that because somebody would watch the 60 second vlog on TikTok with that's all shot on my phone that I would get hired to shoot a music festival with like, you know, uh, an actual camera. And I was creating videos that were very like curated, but the person behind the screen could tell that I was able to do that from the vlogs. Yeah. It depends on it depends on like what you want to do and who you are, but specifically if you're trying to do something like I was doing or you're doing or like whatever it is, you have to be able to put yourself out there consistently mm-hmm. so that people have the opportunity to see you. Mm. Because even if I did if I did 3 vlogs a week, that's four less opportunities a week that people would have to see me. Mm. And so the the one time that that person scrolled across their for you page and saw my video and they liked it, yeah. it just took that one time and it, it, I put up 180 of them yeah. before somebody finally, you yeah. know, reached back out to me. But it takes the yeah, every day one, and 180 chance of yeah. it happening. 
And if it was one in 179, it wouldn't have happened. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's that consistency factor of being able to put yourself out there that many times. Mm. Eventually, it'll hit. You know who also spoke to that really well? Are you familiar with the artist Ty Verdes? Yes. Yeah. So he was on the podcast very early. I remember okay. it was so crazy. It was He had just hit a million streams oh, on awesome. his song on, on Spotify. And he was like freaking out. He was still working his Verizon job. Oh, no way. And he's like, I think I might be able to quit. Like it's happened. That's I'm cool. Like, I think it might happen too. But he said something so similar to you. Okay. Where he was just like, he spoke of TikTok videos as lottery tickets. And he's like, mm. it's a free lottery ticket. Yeah. All you have to do is make a video to get yeah, one. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you? Exactly. And I loved that. And it's like when I when I hit a, a wall, I go back to that clip and I think about that mm-hmm. because it's like if you say you want the success, if you say you want the opportunities, then like what action are you doing to back that? Yeah. And when it's such a proven thing at this point of like if you make a good video and you stay like if you buy that lottery ticket, mm-hmm. you know, it's maybe not 179 of them, but the 180th one for sure takes you to fucking stagecoach. Yeah. F1 Miami like yeah. seems good. Right. Especially when the video is only costing you time. Yeah. All you need is an iPhone. Like, exactly. Pretty fucking sick. Yeah. I don't think we've ever lived in a day and age that's quite like that. Ab- absolutely not. Yeah. And I think it's true, too. And everything like i we started off the conversation by me talking about sending emails every day until I finally got one response from somebody mm-hmm. in LA. Yeah. Very similar thing with posting the videos every day until you get a response from one brand. When I was trying to go to Miami for F1, I sent hundreds and hundreds of emails until I finally got one response from that one person. So that volume and the shooting your shot as many times as you can, yeah, it, it really is true and it does pay off. I also am a big believer of once you get that shot, so you shoot your shot, you shoot your shot over and over again, you get the shot. Yeah. I think it's really important to be able to deliver. And I don't mean for that to be something for some people to become uh, insecure that maybe they're not, they're going to punt it. Mm -hmm. But I think people like yourself and people like Ty Verdes and people that have gotten those shots, when they get the shot, they then take advantage of the shot and they deliver a great product. Because I've seen that on the other side where like somebody will take a shot on somebody like, dude, they didn't deliver. They didn't Mm. do the thing. Mm. So I think that is important as well. Like when you get the shot to like really come through and to like when the brand takes the chance on you, like give them great content. Absolutely. I think a big reason why I'm wanting to deliver, Mm. um, whether or not I am, which I hope that I am. But the reason I feel like I want to is because for so long I haven't had that opportunity, but I've wanted it. Yeah. I really wanted it. Yeah. So finally, when I'm getting those first opportunities, I'm like, yes, I finally, after all the time that I've put in. You're so appreciative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's It would be a lot different if the first email that I sent and the first vlog that I posted and the first YouTube video I posted mooned you know what i mean right. it yeah. might be a lot different yeah than having those reps that didn't necessarily pay off but you're trying to trying to get there trying to get there totally finally that. when you get there it's like yes i will deliver above and beyond totally because that. i'm so thankful for this yes any just like foundational skills in your career that you think that anyone that would want a similar career to you should really brush up on like if it's mm-hmm. Adobe Premiere or After Effects or like yeah. specific technical skills to get great at. Do you have any advice to that? I think the the biggest thing that you have to be able to do is tell a story. Mm. And I actually didn't, I didn't truly know how to do that for a while. Yeah. Um, I knew how to make something that was cool. Mm-hmm. 
I've talked a little bit about this before, but when I was first making videos at Auburn, specifically with sports, mm -hmm. I just wanted to make stuff that looked cool. Yeah. Which is great. Yep. And cool stuff is cool. It is, yeah. Um, But also, there's a lot of impact and value in storytelling and yeah. learning how to really craft a story. And I learned a lot from my boss who was at Auburn. He taught me a lot about, and he was really tough on me about storytelling. And oh, he would wow. say like, I would give a video to him and he would say like, you're making this because you think it's cool. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But it, I do think it's cool, you know? Yep. And he would be like, you need to focus on the story. Wow. So mm -hmm. then what, how can somebody, I, like, I'm genuinely interested in this. Like I'm self auditing myself being like, eh, maybe I could like, what are some skills? Like, how do you learn to tell a better story? I think having the idea in your head that you need to learn how to be a storyteller is, uh, is a great start in and of itself. If yeah. you were just, if you were literally just starting out, yeah. you should just find what you actually really like to do mm -hmm. and what you're passionate about when it comes to creating whatever the content is when it comes to like fine tuning how to tell a story it just comes down to like your intention behind the final product like mm -hmm. my intention behind making the sports videos at the beginning where i want to make these because they're really cool rather than i'm going to make this look really cool but like there's a great story behind it yeah. so more like a mindset shift of like there's not like one, two, three that you can do to learn how to tell a story. You can watch YouTube videos and they're like essay theories and you can like listen to movie theory because movies have like the best stories. Uh -huh. They're like the cream of the crop. Right. Yeah, so if like you can learn certain, you know, storytelling tricks and things that like directors have done back in the day that like have made storytelling what it is, you can learn those things. But in practice, you know, having that mindset of like, I'm going to learn, you're not going to learn how to tell the story just by making the mindset shift. You're going to have to make the mindset shift and you're going to have to make hundreds of videos before you actually get good at it. So just have in your mind that I'm going to learn how to tell a story right? and keep doing the reps and keep getting a little bit better and better at yeah. it. Yeah. But I like that's that's good advice because that's such a huge question to answer. But mm -hmm. I do like that idea of I filmed this. It looks cool. We've mm -hmm. all done that versus like, what am I trying to communicate? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, this person is inspiring me because they did this. Okay, yeah. if that's your message, if that's what you're trying to communicate, what shots tell that? Yeah. How, like, are you establishing who that person is? Mm -hmm. Why are they that way? Like, yeah, it's probably hard to just say, follow this exact formula. For sure. But to stop and just say, like, am I telling a story? Yeah. What is the point of this kind of thing? Or am I just doing this because it looks cool? And there's value in both. I think making yeah. cool things is, you know, don't just completely abandon it. Yep. But I think I, I specifically just, it took me a while to get to that point. Yeah. And once I did get to that point, I saw a very exponential increase in my skills. Wow. Yeah. I think about, the idea that the world wants to help you like the world like you know so many people have the chip on the shoulder their world is out, out to uh -huh. get you i think about this where the world wants to help you the world is there trying to give you every resource and if you help the world like show who you are you'll nail it so mm. uh, an example of this is like an instagram feed or a tiktok feed okay the world wants to be like we pick you you're the fucking star of the show just like let us explain it. Let it let let us sell it to the boss. Yeah, and you have to show who you are in that little quick feed. Mm. Are you giving the world the right chance to set you up right? Interesting. And I, that's like my self audit to myself. And I don't always think I get a pass. Like, right. could you quickly see 
who I am and what I do off of your first impression of me on the internet. I don't yeah. actually know if you could. Mm. And I think that's a form of storytelling too. Absolutely. And I think about that, like I can be jaded and be like, it shouldn't have to be like that. But it, it just, it is what it is. And yeah. I think if you're a great storyteller, if you're a great communicator, mm -hmm. that's the challenge and the fun is how quickly can you show what something actually is yeah. with the, less, the least amount. For sure. Yeah. As we're close to the end of this podcast, Yep. I don't want to do the thing where because I just met you, I'm missing the most obvious question. <laughs> and anyone listening that's here because of you are like, dude, damn it. So like, yeah. is there any uh, like, or do you get any questions or anything like on your TikTok or anything that like we should talk about here? Yeah, I get a lot how I make the vlog every oh. day. Like what is the actual process? Oh my God, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. And even like with this, like you filmed a couple of clips, like yeah. I'd love to know, like how do you yeah, think yeah, about yeah. how? how? So it was a process of trial and error for yep. a long time, and it's just sort of iterated on itself. But basically, the framework is I shoot everything during the day that I'm doing, basically. And I have a process of like just the shots that I know that I like. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get very similar clips. So if you, like establishing shots, like you know that yeah. you'll grab a Bev and you know that you'll yes. look at this or you'll you have a couple things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, we touched a little bit on it earlier, but like, I think that the biggest thing I liked when I was watching YouTube back in the day was there was a, a level of comfort in mm -hmm. watching the videos. Mm -hmm. Like I was coming home at the end of the day after school and I was going to get to watch a Casey Neistat vlog for 10 minutes. And for those 10 minutes, I felt like I lived in New York with him. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And you were in on his jokes or his yep. things like you'd see him. Rep like something repetitive was comforting not boring no yeah it was comforting and so watching those back in the day and like seeing like the atmosphere of like new york city and like i literally felt like i was in his office and i was an employee or something yeah. or like his best friend that he was taking along with him throughout all of his journeys so i kind of want it to feel that way when i'm shooting it as well uh -huh. so i'm cognizant of like I want to world build like that I'm in Los Angeles and like what does that feel like or oh, like like wow. the palm trees and like talk about storytelling things like that that like add to the atmosphere of like what it feels like to be in LA or like certain things that I'll say like today it's 75 and sunny or like it's really hot outside it's starting to feel like summer that very like tactically already puts you in the video yo yeah interesting so i think and, about all the five senses basically and what it's like to be in los angeles and i try to transport you into the world of the video the best that i can unfortunately with tiktok i have 60 seconds and that's just the format youtube is a lot better but i remember being in like savannah and like seeing casey go through like the snowy streets of new york I felt like I was in the snowy streets of New York. Yeah. So I want people to feel like they're in the sunny and 75 LA and like they're around for it's a gloomy morning. I want to highlight that it's a gloomy morning because you know what it feels like to have a gloomy morning. So I, I want you to be in that atmosphere, I guess. Dude, talk about storytelling. That thing that you just said right there is so fucking brilliant is all the five senses. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Taste, touch, yeah, sight, all sound. Yep. I just try and like either think of ways to shoot it and yeah. show it to you visually or talk about it. Yes. Yeah, and, totally. And I bet you you have an even better view on that because you grew up in Savannah. Yeah. You know the magic, the things that stand out to you of first mm -hmm. coming to LA or like 
Oh yeah. my God, the yeah, weather yeah. right now. Like, you know, just the things that right. the, the nuances and the good and the bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of like shooting it. There's also like a level of character building that I'm trying to do long term mm-hmm. as well. Like cool. Mallory's a big character in the vlogs, but yeah. I want there to be like specific things that you remember about characters and like things that they do that they kind of repeatedly maybe do in the videos or like such and such. So like my friends that are in the videos consistently, like you re- may recognize their faces in my videos. And I like that. So I like, so I shoot all during the day. I try to also do morning and night. I mm-hmm. usually break it up into three, maybe four parts, morning, midday, afternoon, night-ish mm-hmm. sections, just because that's already a framework of a story. Like an entire day is a story. Right. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Exactly. It's just like a day is a story. Exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my process for shooting them. And then when it comes to the editing side, I get a lot of I, I shoot everything on my phone. Yep. I get a lot of questions about that. Um, and you don't even have a crazy fancy phone, right? It was like a regular... Like, no, it was my, my 12 mini. <laughs> yeah, it's not even the <laughs> it's Pro. It's the mini like, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the two cameras, not the three. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Yeah, so uh, I shoot on that. And then I post basically at any point the next day. Mm. So if I film all day Monday, Monday gets posted on Tuesday, usually sometime in the afternoon. Okay. So I go to bed that night. I wake up the next day. I drop all of the videos into Premiere. Mm-hmm. I edit everything in Premiere. Okay. I have like all the videos in a big line mm-hmm. and I just sort of watch them and I'll do the voiceover like slowly th- over like all the raw footage. So I may have like an hour of footage from the previous day. No, you'll end up with an hour of footage? Sometimes like like anywhere from like 40 to 50 minutes That's usually. It's a lot of footage, but sometimes I like record like very long clips of sure. like, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. time lapses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have that and then I do the voiceover to that. What uh, what do you use for voiceover? It's the same microphone that I use on my C300 Canon camera. Oh. It's just like, it's like a Sennheiser shotgun mic. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I use that and I talk into it. And, and record then, that straight into your computer? Uh, record it into the camera. Oh, and then wow. I bring it into the editing software later. So I have like a 15 minute clip mm. that I basically then edit the voiceover down into the 60 seconds that it is. Then I bring in, I have that voiceover that's 60 seconds. Then I go in and I cut all the video clips, typically on consonants of my sentences. Wait. So, or like, um, I guess, like, let me just use an example. Please. So they're like 75 and sunny. Those are the points where I'm clipping. 75. 75 and then the sunny. And sunny. Like right on the beginning of the S of the sunny. Because for some reason, it just kind of feels like there's a rhythm to it. So the voiceover is the rhythm. And so instead of editing on like beats of music, I'm editing on beats of my voice. (laughs) So it hopefully makes it feel like there's a subconscious rhythm to the story because the clips are matching the voiceover and like the parts of the sentences. You're a fucking wizard. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Okay. So if I say like, I always say at the end of the video, like that's going to be it for me. Mm. So that's three clips because it's, that's going to be it is another one for me is another one. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like that. Wow. So I cut them that way. Mm -hmm. And then I put in the music last Mm. and I kind of have a library of like, 50 songs or something that I like and I kind of just cycle through them or sometimes I look for different ones Mm. and then that's what gets posted. Yeah. What do you do about uh, 
that's a lot of file storage. Like, do you airdrop and then delete from your phone? Yeah, I delete from my phone usually like once a month. Mm. So I keep I keep stuff in there for a while. I usually edit the next day, but sometimes, like f- specifically for F one in Miami, yeah, I have to edit those like the night of, right, and then post them the first thing in the morning just to keep it timely. Well, because we would shoot from like seven a.m. to ten p.m., so I had no time to be editing while we're at the track you know what i mean like it can't be like hey guys i got to do my vlog voiceover give me like two hours so i can edit these you know what i mean so we get home at night and then i would edit the vlog go to sleep wake up the next morning and post it work all day and shoot all day for alpine and me and then edit it that night and then post it the next morning how many hours would you say if you were to guess usually two but the the ones that are mixed media, so like if I'm at Coachella, I shot that on my phone and a camera or like Stagecoach, my phone and a camera, Miami, my phone and a camera. Those take like three hours, three and a half sometimes Yeah, just from start to end. But like a typical like day that I'm in LA and I'm just shooting everything on my phone, it's like two hours. Two hours of yeah. edit, like two hours to make it, mm-hmm. to go from you're done, you're you're going to sit down at your computer and make it yeah. to you're done and it's ready. Yeah. Opening the laptop to like it's posted on TikTok two yeah. hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty For quick. the amount of like for that much for up to an hour's worth of content mm-hmm. for filming that much voiceover. Yeah. Like that must mean you are pretty fucking snappy at editing now at this point. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. it's second nature at this point. Do you ever have days where you feel like it's just a miss? Like do you ever look at the content and you're like, man, like what's here? Like do you ever like have days where like, you're like I can't fucking wait? Like is there like a, a an ebb and a flow? Like for me, like this podcast, like I'm in like flow state right now. Like mm-hmm. I love this and I'm yeah. going to be so proud of this episode. Right. Do you ever have ones where you're like, this is better or this is like, fuck, it's not there today. It really honestly is very dependent on the voiceover. Whoa. I've uh, decided the clips typically, sometimes I miss specific things. Like sometimes I like won't put me in it very much. And I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. Like I just film everything like, you know pov in front of me and i never like film myself which is kind of an important thing to like have me in in the videos yeah you're telling a story you're the character yeah i'm the character so sometimes i'll like miss in that aspect but it doesn't really bother me as much as if like i can't find my voiceover rhythm like sometimes it'll take me like 23 minutes to get through like a voiceover and i'm just like stuck on a specific section and i'm like how do i say this that i know is typically would take 30 seconds for somebody to describe and I have to say it in eight seconds. Oh, crazy. Like if I were to explain to you how a preamp on that focus right works, I might need like 30 seconds to yeah. be like, oh, well, you plug that in and then the XLR cable, you mm-hmm. go here. So like, how do you take that? Yeah. Knowing you need to explain it yeah. and be like, it makes the mic louder. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that with so much day? And making it, entertaining whoa you know so it has to be something that like fits with what happened previously and after it and has to fit in a certain time frame for it to like work i guess the best example i can think of is when i go to the uh sauna Uh uh-huh uh sometimes that's in the videos Uh i go to this place and typically what i do which we're on a podcast so i can actually explain the whole thing is i go in the sauna first i sit in there for 20 minutes then i go into the cold plunge because uh-huh. there's a cold plunge in there. I go five. I go back in the sauna for 20. I go back in the cold plunge for five. So that's 40 in the sauna and 10 in the cold plunge. In the voiceover, I say something to the tune of 
I went to the sauna today and I spent 40 in the sauna and 10 in the cold plunge. But I never have enough time for me to say in the voiceover that I switch back and forth between the two because it would be me repeating 20 minutes and 10 minutes, which takes too much time. Like literally that extra three seconds takes too is much valuable time, time yeah. that you don't have. Yes. So it's things like that and learning how to like every day I may have like a different experience and so I then have to digest that experience into like a 10 second soundbite where typically if I was just talking to somebody about my day, I might explain it in like a minute or two, but I don't have that. Do you think that's made you a different person in the way you communicate? Like, do you, are you shorter now? It's because you're like, I can say it with less words. No, I don't think so. I think it's a very compartmentalized thing. Like when I'm doing the voiceover, I'm doing the voiceover. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I've realized I do is sometimes I voice over stuff when I'm alone. <laughs> so I'll funny. like I'll like walk around the grocery store and like be like filming things and talking in my head what I know I'm going to say tomorrow. Oh, you'll oh, like, like what's an example? Like I'll, I'll be like um, walking around. Irwan is that store that I go yeah, to the yeah. grocery store I go to here all the time. Yeah. And I like I remember two, like two days ago, I got back to Los Angeles for my trip. Oh, yeah, you're and so I, yeah, I got a uh, I got a smoothie from Irwan and I remember walking out and being like, I'm back in LA. This is like, tip I'm back in like my typical routine yeah, like was like my human experience. Uh -huh. But then like there was a voiceover experience where I was like, uh, I got a smoothie today back like I never left. And, and I was knew. saying that in my head back like because I, I knew back like I, back like I never left was short enough to explain the feeling of me being like, I'm back in LA doing my routine again and I'm getting a smoothie right now. Wow. Kind of weird, right? Great example, but like, yeah. I feel it. And this comes back too to like, I love, it makes me respect short form storytelling so much more. Mm. Like when you really stop and talk about this, this is art. This is hours being put in. Yeah, This is like, it feels so natural and it's so easy as the consumer to just scroll and be like, ooh, I'll watch another day. But like- And I hope it's like that. Right. That's the magic to it. Is exactly. The, it shouldn't be hard to watch. Right, but- it's and maybe it's not necessarily hard to make, but it takes time and it takes actual intentional thought and edits and strategy to make that feeling natural. For sure. And I think maybe that's even why certain people can get discouraged is they'll be like, I want to do what Jack does. Mm -hmm. And they'll try it and they'll be like, this shit's fucking hard. He makes it look so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bad at this. And it's like, no, you're not necessarily bad. You just don't realize really what it takes. You have to do it a lot of times before you get to the point where you think, you know you start thinking about the things that I was thinking about. The right. first hundred videos, I didn't think that I needed to be inflecting on certain parts of my sentences to like tell the story better. Yeah. So my voiceover feels like a very monotonous, like I just woke up. Oh. Or like I only record the voiceover at certain times of the day uh -huh. so that I don't sound groggy. Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of strange to listen to. Dude, I've, I've run into that. I normally will do the Monday morning podcast update. Hmm. And it's like, I feel like a fucking addict, but I can't do it unless I have a cup of coffee first. Because okay. I'll wake up and I'll try to do it. I'll be in a hurry. I'm just get it done. And I'll like see it back and I'll be like, that's not it, my guy. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you're so flat. You're yeah. so, that's a real thing. Yeah. So the process of making them is, has gotten very specific, but I like it. It's like its own little theory that yes. I have behind it. Yeah. It's like a, a, a little like short form video theory. It really I'm kind of 
creating. I don't know. It really is. Do you think there's optimization to it? Like, because I I guess maybe the better question is we talk about how natural it feels. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me is even vlog number one is already ahead of what so many people would do because vlog number one was Jack six years into his career. Yeah. Now, vlog number 275 something is Jack almost a year later. Mm -hmm. Do you think like, I mean, obviously, I guess the answer is obvious that of course it'll continue to evolve. But I just find that interesting of like, what it takes to make something look natural like yeah do you can you foresee what your next evolution points will be if it's something as simple as like oh i have a better faster way to record my audio now and i'm Mm. saving time or Mm -hmm. oh uh i can make a better story if i use a certain different music or like do you can you feel things that you want to try next yes and they're a lot less technical and a lot more um world building oh like I, I described that I want them to be like, you know, the five senses and things like that. But I want like there to be like a lore almost of like mm. the way that there's movie lore. Yes. And there's like fandom behind like yeah. Star Wars, for right. example. I have a Tatooine poster on my wall. I could tell you about the planet of Tatooine. Like, yeah. What? So like things like, I mean. I'm not sure that my TikTok vlog is going to get to the point that Star Wars is at, but just sort of that I think is the next level of like, I talked a little bit about characters or like reoccurring things that are in the videos already. Like I want, I want there to be like a a miniature world that gets built out of them, whether it lives on TikTok, maybe then it transfers over to YouTube where there's a lot more opportunity to actually build out a world because you have, you know, 10 minutes maybe to tell a story. Whereas right now I'm, have 60 seconds, which is great, but um, there's little things that I'm doing like with the Bev, you know, mm-hmm. little things that are reoccurring, like comforting things. Mallory's a character in them often, like there are things that I kind of do, but I, I want the next level of it to be like, oh, Jack's world, Jack's vlog is its own like little world. You know what? Inside it, joke or there's something like there's exactly. reasons and all these things. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. have the herb sponsorship yet? I don't. um, Fucking. (laughs) I'll decide later whether or not I should say this, but Mm. um, we are talking to them currently. Good. So we we have to figure that out. But um, I would I would love to have like a long term thing with them because I I think it would be great. Yeah. But if you've watched the videos, you know that I love the show Avatar, Mm -hmm. Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. (laughs) I love the world world building of that show and shows in general. I love like the world building in it and like. I mentioned with Casey Neistat's videos, I love like the atmosphere behind what he does in his vlog. So yeah. that's what, that's like the next evolution, I think. Right. Yeah. Or even like, I think about like the office, like character building in these worlds too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you don't really know who Creed is in the beginning, but then like, right. every time he shows up and says something weird, it's funnier and funnier. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I think that's a real mark of like a true storyteller in like what you're saying. Like that's, that's yeah. really cool. Or, or another good example is there's uh Mike is one of the guys who is a host of Hoot and a Half. Mm-hmm. So I, I edit his podcast. But re- recently, for whatever reason, like I'll go drop off the podcast to him and like I put the camera on him. And just recently, for some reason, every time I put the camera on him, he started to dance. Oh, wow. And so like now every time that I film him, he's like dancing. So like we were out last night and he was 
uh, I was getting videos of him dancing again. So like he might his like character in the vlog might be like him dancing every time I give the podcast. Right. But it happened very naturally. But like that's just an example of something that could like be a creative, you know. Right. And then oh, there's Mike. He's always along. dancing. Right. Exactly. Like very quickly. It's like, oh, my God, it's Mike. He's dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just fun things like that that people can attach to or like that's the things that I like in shows or like things that I watch. So I want to create those things too. Yeah, man. That's so cool. That's like, it feels so natural when you really think about it. Like every friend group has that, right? Like every yeah. friend group has their inside jokes. hundred percent. If you're telling your story and properly like vlogging, I think that is the thing. And that's the thing that people love is like, mm-hmm. they're a part of your friend group, you know, yeah. the way you felt like you were at Casey's office. Like right. you feel that way when you understand him and his people and everything. 100%. It's a really cool thing for you to be thinking with next. I'm, I'm excited now to yeah. watch along and be like, oh my God, it's happening. It's very relatable because like you're saying, every friend group has that. So yeah. like, that's why those off those like the office or like Seinfeld or like shows like that yeah. do really well because like you can relate to it on that kind of level. Yeah. And yeah. you start to be like, oh, like dude, it's, if, Mike wasn't dancing now you'd be, everyone would be like is he okay yeah like, right like if a or character... like when I don't have the Bev in a video right I went to Spain and they weren't in the video I had like 30 comments that yeah. were like oh my god where's the Bev like, <laughs> like dude are you good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's just it's things like that there yeah I, I like stuff like that yeah damn dude I, did we did we do it like I, I I feel like we did it I loved this episode did like, you I, okay I good really really did like it's it's really nice when I haven't met somebody, but I have yeah. a feeling and then I learn so much and your willingness to share information and and just the way you think and the way you talk about creating, I think was so helpful. And I hope people listen to this and, and take something from that. And uh, I hope it inspires people to challenge themselves to tell stories better and to create yeah. more. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope it was enjoyable and understanding. Yeah, yeah dude. No, thank yeah, yeah. you for real. Uh, I mean, I guess... This is probably a no-brainer, but uh, where can everybody find you if they want to? On TikTok. Yeah. Uh, TikTok is Jack Cook. Yeah. Um, Instagram is underscore HJ Cook, which is not a great username, but it's what I have. You'll so, get to switch sometime. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Or if you're really interested, YouTube, there's some stuff up there if you want to go oh, watch cool. it. From but like back in the day. TikTok is, is the thing. That's the spot. Yeah, that's the spot right now. Cool, man. Well, hopefully, so hopefully we're on we're on like 270 now with the vlog, so maybe we can do like a day 500 i come back and do a check-in or something Recurring bit. yeah 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 Ooh, i like that yeah and then we can take this clip from this podcast and, and then put on it in 500 there and yeah. The call back. yeah yeah we can yeah. see where they're at and yeah. see if there's any world building that's happening uh-huh <laughs> yeah maybe we have the sparkling uh the the the, the lunch what is ones. your flavor um I oh. went to sparkling gold because that's mine. Oh, the classic gold. You yeah, like classic, the classic gold, gold. But what's yours? Your, your grapefruit ginger. Grapefruit ginger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that'll be the evolution. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. Yep. <laughs>